Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Writers' Panel. I'm Ben Blacker, the creator and moderator of the podcast. I created the show because I wanted to talk to other writers about the business and process of writing. I've had more than 500 writers on the show, so please check the archives to find more writers and more TV shows of interest to you. I'm a writer myself, having written for Supernatural, Puss in Boots, and other programs. I have a couple of cool projects out this first quarter of 2017 that I hope you'll check out. One is a Supernatural Western comic book series from Boom Publishing that I wrote with my writing partner, Ben Acker, and our friend, the TV showrunner, Andrew Miller. It's beautifully illustrated by Hannah Christensen, and the first issue is available in comic stores and online February 8th. In March comes the first book in a series of young adult novels that Acker and I wrote called Star Wars Join the Resistance. It takes place just before The Force Awakens and is about a bunch of kids who join the fight against the First Order. But mostly they have adventures, fall in love with each other, and get in trouble. I hope you'll check out both of those projects. We're very proud of how they came out. Let me know who you'd like to hear on this podcast by following me on Twitter, at Ben Blacker, like the color, only more so, liking the Writers Panel on Facebook, and visiting writerspanel.tumblr.com. And if you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Reading those reviews really provides a pick-me-up. They write, they talk, and talk about what they write. Tune in tonight, or whenever the time is right. It's the Writers Panel with Ben Blacker, and it's starting now. Oh, yeah! Great, let's do it. This is how we do it. Listen, awesome. You guys are podcasters. You know how it goes. We, we get it. <laughs> um, please introduce yourselves on microphones so people know what you sound like. I'm Aaron Gibson. I'm Brian Safi. And we host the show Throwing Shade. Yes. That's coming to TV. The show and the show. The, the show and the show. And the television program. Every medium. Right. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's I love the original inception. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. It's really good. That'll, we'll know we've made it once the TV show becomes a comic strip. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's how we'll know. Yeah. yeah. Get, get real Dilbert on it. Exactly. Um, oh, God. My favorite, my favorite artist. <laughs> my hero. Yeah. Yeah. I could just read his online rants for God seconds. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been doing the podcast? Since 2011. Since 2011. <laughs> That's Since how 20- I say 2011. Yeah. No, it's been, it's, it's, someone has to say their day how long we've been doing it. And I couldn't. I honestly was like, I think like two years, and that's not true. It's yeah. like five. It's shocking, right? Yeah. It flies by, and you do it weekly. Weekly. How long yeah. have you been doing this one? Since 2010. It's crazy, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I have 300 episodes. What, I know. What happened? And it's also felt like in back in the old days, didn't it feel like there were like 20 podcasts? Yeah. It was great. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, we're talking about the old day of podcasting? Yeah. Five years ago. Yeah. Um, what was, and, and I read some of this stuff online, but for people who don't know, first just briefly tell people what the podcast is and I guess what the TV show is too, if it is different. I assume it is very It'll similar. It'll be very similar. It's pretty yeah. similar. It, basically, we look at uh, issues affecting women and issues affecting LGBT people and just I don't know, make, I want to say make fun of them, but really just treat them with very little respect. And we try to sort of bully the bullies. We're superficial mm-hmm. people who care a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say that all of the, we are both political, but our references are generally not Pop citing culture. Supreme Court mm-hmm. cases. There's, we try to talk about politics, not try. We naturally talk about politics just with references we understand. Mm-hmm. So, sure. And try to stay on top of well, them. Well, it is, uh, you know, I think you guys are having the conversations that, a lot of people are having, right? Mm-hmm. Like you representative, not just of, of the groups you are choosing to represent, sure. but of so many of us who live in this world and, you know, know this much about politics, but have the conversations in the context. we have. And I think especially now, like 
those two worlds are really not dissimilar at all Absolutely. any longer. It's it's one and the same. And so I think I think more than ever we are all kind of having the same conversation. Absolutely. So yeah. what was the impetus for the podcast? Were you I assume you guys were friends and having this conversation anyway. Well, we actually were doing a TV show on current TV, which okay. was Al Gore's old network. That's mine if you don't if sorry. you don't want to get sick. Sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> um everyone at our office is sick right now, warning. Um so we were do so it was Al Gore's network. It was called Infomania, and we were doing similar things. I had my own segment about women's issues. Brian had his about LGBTQ issues, and so that show uh, was so successful that they canceled it. So well, they canceled the whole network, right? They canceled oh, yeah. the whole network, and <laughs> they were like, "Let's make it of us." Yeah, it's, we are the downfall of current TV. Um, but anyway, we just didn't want to stop talking, and we thought it might be interesting. Like, what if we continued talking about these issues, but in a very casual, frank uncensored way and to talk explore them longer because our pieces were like they i mean basically lived on the internet for all so um, they were like two to four minutes sure. and so. such, such a short period of time to talk about like tropes and trends and stuff that's affecting us and uh, legislatively and and it also like didn't let us do that in in a very fun way because mm-hmm. i mean there were like you you know it was basically punchline you know set up jokes set up joke sure. the whole way through and so this you know, allowed us to be uncensored, sillier, stupider, all those things. And to TV Land's credit, who's the network uh, we're going to mm-hmm. be on, they they have basically let us do the same thing as the podcast. We're just doing it in a shortened form with visual elements like sketches. Mm-hmm. Well, clearly they responded to what what those conversations became, which was the podcast. I, I mean, think that feels like the natural state for you guys. It's kind of a lucky thing because we've had the last five years, six years to like figure out what we think is good and hone that. And now we're just putting it on another platform. It's been a very long game that, uh, that we've been playing. This is not the getting discovered in a cafe situation. <laughs> no. But there is something, I mean, and I, I have to assume that you guys didn't get into podcasting so you would get a TV show again. No. no. I mean, it seems like you genuinely wanted to have these conversations. We and had a TV show taken away from right. us, and then exactly. we did a podcast. And, yeah, we no longer had a platform for it, and right. and um, and I think... And I don't even think when we started we had... I mean, it wasn't like we were like, we have all these fans we have to, we have to keep mm-hmm. feeding. It was just like, we genuinely like and feel like it's important to talk about this stuff in a way that is fun for us and digestible for other people without getting too wonky and without mm-hmm. getting too like you know using princeton words and stuff like that you know well and there's something to that right and i think that's what people respond to is you genuinely want to do this you're not using it as a means to an end no no yeah i don't think that i i 100% know that a television show was never in the realm of possibility for this podcast when we started. It. There <laughs> we're, was no we're so appreciative that. that it happened. I know. Uh, well, we'll get into that in a sec. Mm-hmm. Um, who who do you guys think you are that you wound up on current TV in the first place? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bottom of the barrel, I guess. <laughs> oh, God. If like, you, I mean, you guys were performers. At yeah, we used to be in Groundlings, okay. yeah. Um, and uh, that's, I think for me, what. what uh, ended up b- making me become politically active was the Prop 8 campaign in 2008 was when mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a crazy situation and I somehow care about this a lot and I got really active in it and then there was an opening in current TV for this political comedy show they were doing and I was like, alright, that seems like the right fit, so um, I don't know, five, ten million dollars later... <laughs> 
Oh, in debt. In, right, yeah. in debt. In debt. Not the way you're paying them to be on this show. Uh, but yeah, so um, so I think yeah, I think that's who I thought I was. <laughs> sure. That prop A thing is an interesting. I mean, that was also sort of like early days of Twitter. and yeah. that sort of immediate social media. That's I think right. That engaged a lot of people. You're right. Yeah, I never thought of that. But and that was also a weird time of. Um, you know, it was the same year as uh, Obama running against McCain. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is where, and rightfully, that is where a lot of the focus went, even in California. And so I think um, I think the Prop 8 thing was so frustrating because there wasn't as bright a light shown mm-hmm. on that as there should have been. And then I think it really galvanized people, mm-hmm. including myself. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Here's a connect the dot story. So I was doing UCB. I found out about the, the feminist uh, media roundup comedy segment becoming open because Sarah Haskins had left. Um, and so I called Jonah Ray and said, cause he was working at Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah. He's working oh, at Rotten sure. Tomatoes. And I was like, please help me write this thing because I had never written an, he, he just knew the inner workings over there. And I was like, I really want to get this job. I know I get the idea of it, but I know you have like an inside track. So can you help me out? Sure. And so I would send him drafts of my audition. And so, um, he was so awesome to help me help me do that. And I'm not saying Jonah Ray got me the job, but I'm saying but he was. Like but it sounds like. But he yeah, basically yeah. did. Look, Nerdist has uh, fingers everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, sure. And from the beginning of the 2000s. <laughs> That's right. Not just recently. Even before they existed. Um so you guys both have this sort of improv and sketch background, yes, at UCB mm-hmm. and Groundlings. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me, I think people, a lot of listeners do that stuff. Yeah. And I think they would like to know, uh, how does that prepare you for actual television? How does that prepare you for writing and producing and, and being in uh, whether it's a four-minute piece or a half-hour piece, I think it's entirely. I mean, I, I, I think I took my first UCB class in college, uh, and then when I was in New York, and then immediately was like, "Why am I paying for college? Like, <laughs> what? I can't believe that I made this move when uh-huh. this has happened." But uh, I think our podcast is the way that we, you know, we obviously take real political stories that are happening, but and then. I think just the way that we riff on them and our banter and where we end up from where we started just improvising off these stories and having that banter. And I think we were we were talking about some horrible person recently who was going to be in Trump's cabinet named KT McFarland. And we ended up accidentally talking about KT Tunstall. The, yeah, for like half an hour. And I and I feel like that in in is emblematic of what we do on the show is we start with something real and then end up riffing on something fake for the entire thing. And I think that is... That just came from an improv background. I'll say, I mean, look, you really eat a piece of humble pie when you have a bunch of writers who you've hired to write a show in a language that you've developed with one other person. And it is all yes anding in that room. Mm -hmm. And there's no other way to foster a creative um, environment Mm -hmm. than to do basic improv uh, rules, which is like... Every good, every idea is a good idea, and if it's not a good idea, you make it a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know. I definitely I'm sure differently? you have too worked oh. in rooms where you're shut down pretty quickly, and that shuts yeah. you d- down sure. as a human being. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems like you learn that that collaborative nature uh, from going through these UCB and, and Groundlings courses, and are able to apply it to this TV show. Well, you also, I mean, look, we've all been in 
awful situations on stage where we've made a move and it bombed or whatever, you you learn that lesson that you can always recover from that. Mm-hmm. And the idea that when you do say yes to somebody and their idea and you guys explore it together, something magical could happen that you never even thought of that's so outside the realm of possibilities you know, as of six seconds ago that, that that's such an amazing feeling. And I hate to get so nerdy about improv, but like that I want that all the time. And so when you take that to TV and more structured stuff, it only makes your stuff more unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, let's talk about that transition to TV when we'll put this out next week. So an episode will have aired. It may actually be airing tonight. Oh, great. Um, how did the conversation with TV Land begin? I would imagine, you know, you guys, like you said, you've been doing the sh- podcast for five years. People must have talked to you because you are charming and disarming on the show. Thank they you. must want you to do things. <laughs> they, uh, I was at a benefit for the, an organization called the Trevor Project, mm-hmm. and um, they screamed my name. Two TV Land execs <laughs> were there. And I think they didn't know what I looked like. I think they had heard a conversation I was there. having there. And I, I think I recognized my, my voice. So we're, we're like, Brian, and I looked around, and then they <laughs> ran up, and we're like, oh, my God, we're such fans, blah, blah, blah. And at the time, Aaron and I had sold a pilot to Logo, mm-hmm. and then Logo had said, thanks, but no thanks, essentially. It was a scripted pilot? Yes. Uh, no, it was Throwing Shade. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was, it the was same, a version of A version mm-hmm. of this that is Sorry. nothing like what we're doing now, but... So they said, it's such a bummer that you went to Logo because it's actually, you know, our network's going in a new direction and it would really be the perfect thing for us. And hmm. I said, well... You're, you're in luck. There's a fire sale. <laughs> <laughs> Have I got something for you? So, um, uh, so I said, there's always time for second chances. And I... You reminded well handled, them of that, yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. And I said, never give up. Um, and Chase your dream of having me on your network. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, read some more bumper stickers to them. Right. And then, and then uh, yeah, they said, they said, well, come in for a meeting. We want it. And so we did. Went in for a meeting. And so what did that meeting look like? Well, it was actually a little bit strange because half of the room had seen the pilot and half of them hadn't. So it was... Convincing. A, people very familiar and so excited. Yeah. And then also people who were like, what is a podcast? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Look, they fought very hard to, to pick this show up because I yeah. think that, it, you know, it to people who listen to our podcast, you know, there's like a weirdness to it. There's an absurdist uh, element to it. So I think that they had to do a lot of handholding with the powers that be. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they did. I mean, I, I've. I feel like we're spoiled with this experience with the network because it has been so dreamy and nice. Um, so maybe I think maybe just, we'll just do double suicide after this or something. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, for a season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I get it. Yeah. Do a full Peter Finch network. <laughs> yes. Um, in front of an audience. What, what do you think, and this is maybe a difficult question, but what do you think they saw in the podcast and in that uh, so you had produced a pilot for logo mm-hmm. and so some some of them saw that what do you think they saw in that stuff that was what tv land was looking for i think it was more about the podcast i wouldn't necessarily we we the format is so totally different mm-hmm. from the logo one it's just they you can't even compare okay. them but dana who is a, um, one of our execs just was listening to listen to the podcast and, and she's I, a feminist and i think that also i don't know i mean like many podcasts it's personality driven a lot mm-hmm. of times and i think they responded to that and also that i think Especially in the past couple of years, social issues have become more pop culture issues. And yeah, I think even when you look at 
Hollywood, as we saw this weekend at the Golden Globes, like people are want to take a stand on social issues now more than ever. And so I think they thought, oh, social issues are now becoming, I think, in some ways less political than they used to be in that I think on paper and in polls, the left and the right are sort of on some issues syncing up Mm -hmm. more than ever. Um, it's just allowed, but people are just loud about it. Sure. So I think that the things we talk about and the way we discuss them hit hard, but are I don't think anyone's ever really offended by it because it's coming from two people who is affected directly by it. Yeah, I think that and, you know, the humanity you guys bring to it. Mm-hmm. Again, you're just friends having a conversation. Right. I mm-hmm. assume you're friends. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I assume that too, Brian. Well, I, we don't need to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> Save Toxic. it for your program. Yeah. Um, would you, that sort of raises an interesting issue. I mean, how far do you go, right? I mean, this show is, the format is sort of a, a late night chat show, right? Mm-hmm. You guys are chatting with each other. I don't know if you have guests or whatever. We it's can like half that. sketches. There's guests in the sketches. Okay. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not overtly a political show. It's not something that's going to be on CNN or MSNBC no. or something. Yeah. So it's an entertainment show. So how far do you push? You know, there's a lot to say and you have a bigger platform. The way that we push will be subversive and not like, I, I, by the way, huge fans of Samantha B and John Oliver and the way that they do things. Mm-hmm. That is not what we do. It they, would be playing dress up to do that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. We wouldn't be able to do they, that. We're doing it in a way where we're like, if you get it, you get it. And if you don't, you probably don't even know what we're talking about in the first place. <laughs> sure. You know, right. we're not going to say blatant things about you know Donald Trump or you know his his any of his transition team or anybody we're we're going to say it in a very shady way and we're going to we're going to say it in a secret way and you're going to get it if you get it basically yeah i don't think it's as as um eviscerating as those shows mm-hmm. which it, by the way it is so enjoyable to watch them do that absolutely um, oh yeah it's yeah. so cathartic yeah. and i think this is sort of almost like a I don't know, almost like a, a, I don't know how to say it without sounding so lame, but I guess that we really are trying to bring a bright spot to everything horrible that's happening and still talk about everything horrible that's happening. And I'm also surprised at how far the network is actually allowing us to go, Mm -hmm. Um, which is nice. I mean, the things that we can, I mean, we're showing like a full fake clay vagina on there and that's not a big deal. We have a cake made out well, of butt plugs. That, they don't right? care. You're right. For exactly. Hot in Cleveland. That was... <laughs> by the way, they handed us a box of props and said you have to use these right around these. We have some notes. Exactly. So we had to write the whole show around butt plugs and a fake vagina. Vagina. Yeah. We managed to do it in every episode. That's right. That's right. It's going to be the breakout character. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Vagina. A lot of personality. Vaginas yeah. and butt plugs. Yeah. So you know what you're tuning in for. Um... What uh, what is the format of the show? So you have sketches, you have the two of you talking. What, what does it look like? It, it'll, what does it feel it'll like? look like the Daily Show with two people. Okay. But if the da- by the way, our show is very very heavily focused on the fact that we are Los Angelinos. Oh, interesting. So it, the set has more of a Los Angeles feel than mm-hmm. it, it. I think when you see it, you're going to be like, "That's not in New York." Yeah, mm-hmm. you just will. And we look like we're from L.A. and we're we're not in we're not in t- we're, I mean we're not in suits. We're not in ties. We're right. a little more. We're wearing tank tops. You know <laughs> what I mean? Lululemon. We're wearing yeah. infinity scarves. Yeah, it's really cool. Full sunglasses the whole time. We do no, the but show. it is sort of like a cross. But there is a studio audience, so we have. Uh, 
um, it is like the Daily Show, and then we're just tossing mm-hmm. to bits and cutaways and sketches a lot, gotcha. which is how our guests are also incorporated okay. in 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 those. And so it really is we're more of like a desk. A, we're talking to each other. We're talking yeah. to the audience. It's an inclusive conversation, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like a sports show where we're just only talking to each mm-hmm. other. It's no. all. It's a more of a community experience. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, the so you you had to hire a staff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, were you put with a showrunner also? Yes. Yes. Who we want? I mean, who we knew and wanted. Okay. And all that. Yeah. 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 The, which is the best case scenario. Yes. Yes. He He's amazing. Charlie. Yeah. So yeah. tell us what you took from this person who we definitely won't name. Oh, we can. Do you, should we not? No, you should. Oh, okay. oh, I don't yeah. know why you weren't. Oh, Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Siskel. Yeah. Um, he is. He has a very diverse background. He did. Um, Religious, and he did mm-hmm. Finding Vivian Meyer, and which, I don't know what that is. It was nominated for an Oscar. It was a documentary about a photographer. Okay. She she lived in Chicago, and somebody had found all of her old photographs and negatives at an estate sale. She had oh, since wow. died, but she was a very prolific photographer. But you know, she was just a nanny, hobbyist. and they found yeah. these photos out after she died, and now she's considered one of the best photographers who ever lived. That's why, which is why, yeah. So, so he, he did a documentary about her, and then he also does Tosh. So it's he really has this really wild background of shows that are really highbrow and ones that are not quite that. And so not a knock against that show, but just it's very obviously tonally different. And then he also does a review. Um, But he we all just kind of met in the middle. He's very political. Mm -hmm. He's he's used to be a lawyer. He he understands rhetoric and how to break down an argument. And I think that's smarter than we are, (laughs) which is nice. Um, and I mean that. He really I mean, absolutely. is. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of, you know, show creators might be threatened by that. Right. Um, so what do you what But do he's you not heavy handed about it. He's sure. very, I think he's very like, he's just very logical. And I think that balances really well with <laughs> us who like to be like, well, what if we just like said cool and then wink? And he's like, we can't, you have to put a joke. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does. He That's always great. is like, how could this be better? And he also does that thing that he brings in. That he's so quiet and calm all the time that it's unsettling. Like, <laughs> he's so just, like, cool and calm that you, all of a sudden, like, five seconds into talking to him, you find yourself screaming, doing impressions, like, winking, like, just doing physical <laughs> pratfalls. Like yeah, you're, just, you're just performing for him so hard. And all he's doing is just, like, sitting there being like, and he'll just, if he likes something, it's, mm-hmm. And if he doesn't, he's like, I think we can beat it, right? Like, and it's just, it's so, and, and it always works. Awesome. He's, he's great. So, and he we, loves peanut M and M's. Yeah, he's lucky. Send him lots of them if you like the show. <laughs> so always, if that doesn't scream. Always has a mouthwash you. cup full of peanut M and M's. No, but it, it really is nice because I think. A, we got to, we weren't assigned him, mm-hmm. and B, we we feel very safe with him, and that he's going to bring things up a notch. So yeah, that's, that's also great. he's the only <clears throat> straight male on the show. Yeah, and that's really funny. on the writers' room, and so it's we it look when we started the show we. We started the podcast and we were like, whoever likes comedy is going to like this show. It doesn't matter if they're into gay issues or women's mm-hmm. issues. and Which I think is true, by the way. I, I, I hope the that's true, podcast yeah. podcast is really approachable and you guys are really funny and charming and, as I said, disarming in, an, in a way that puts the listener right into it. We're not, we're, not ab- we're not about placing blame on an entire mm-hmm. group of people who doesn't deserve it. You know, we're about placing blame on very specific individuals. And so... But we knew when we were writing the show, we were like, we do need this perspective in the room because it's we want all the perspective mm-hmm. in the room, you know. So yeah. it's good. He's a so, good balance in a lot of so ways. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this. How did you guys start to figure out what this show is? What this version of this show is? We spent a couple of weeks just basically 
talking about all the stuff that we'd ever talked about on the podcast mm-hmm. and seeing if there were patterns and seeing if there was like bigger bigger things that could be made out of one-off news stories. And also in keeping with what was popular on the podcast or what has been popular on the podcast, I think our initial thing was let's make this for the people who listen and love us. Mm-hmm. Let's not try to, op- you know, I mean, obviously we want everyone to watch, but let's make this for the podcast yeah. listeners um, because that's what's fun for us. And and that's, we want we want them to get a different experience out of this than just watching a podcast on television. Mm-hmm. We didn't want let's, let me uh, dig a little deeper on that. What, what was the stuff that was popular with podcast listeners and how did you, how do you know? Well, it, be- well, we we also do a live show, and I think that's to me more informative because we get mm-hmm. instant feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, for instance, this is very strange, but we had this is the first one that's coming to mind for some reason. But we we Mailchimp is one of our sponsors, mm-hmm. and they have told us we can say whatever we want in support of. They them. stop sending us ad points, yeah. so we've created a character named Mailchimp who <laughs> is a like female. incredibly fashionable, very very ferocious. Wears clip-on earrings and rollerblades, and we yeah. just yeah, she rollerblades, she wears clip-on earrings. She's a nurse, she's a doctor, she's she basically she's and we talk about her every weekend. Everyone loves the new thing every week that we discuss the way we talk about her. So we have a segment on the show called You Heard of This Bitch, which basically highlights some awesome, powerful, amazing female person in in, in go- politics yeah, that you've never heard of. And so we throw her picture up there and we give her the same treatment we give MailChimp. <laughs> yeah. like, you are, like, I'm sure that would be flattering to hear from yes, her. Definitely. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's you know, all flattering. It's fact and fiction. But right. yes, it's just... and so About how she jumps off buildings, walks over glass, she'll punch yeah. you right in the face. She wears you know. clip-on earrings, but her ears are pierced. You know what I mean? Like, it's just what a badass she is. And so I think that's one thing that we thought... And I don't know why that's the first thing that kept crept in mind, but it mm-hmm. did. But that makes sense. But or but you knew you were getting a reaction from yes, that on the podcast exactly. because of the live shows, because of social media. And I think okay. another thing that we get reaction on is also sometimes just taking the other side because it's so silly to do that, like mm. taking the wrong side. And so like playing the homophobic truck driver who won't pull a gay float. Ex- ex- mm-hmm. Like that kind of who thing. Who actually is into Kanye West. Like there's just the stuff that you find find out about these dumb characters that you start playing just to be contrary. Yeah. And then you make them crazy. And so people love when we talk about our moms on the show. So we have something called Bless Your Heart where we basically go again, you know, find someone horrible and talk about them with compliments, you know, mm-hmm. and um, in that way, in that That's really Southern. sweet, saccharine way. And so I think that Already, it was such a leg up to already know what worked sure. and um, and to have tested so much of this stuff and then trying to figure out like, okay, we do that for 10 minutes. How do we do it in two and also make it visual and mm-hmm. a totally different experience? Mm-hmm. So. And that does, then that lends itself to sketches. Yes. Uh, and that kind of thing. The writers that you found, were they people you knew before? Were they cold reads? How'd you find your writing? One style? of them we knew before, but we did a full blind submission. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't, we didn't see the names or anything. So we just read the packets and one of them we did end up That's fine. knowing. Yeah. Um, and what were you responding to in these submission packets? Well, be, there was a three-part. They had to write. It was kind of a complicated writer's packet in that we had them write a rant, which is essentially like taking a social issue and then deconstructing it and making it funny, topical jokes, and then like bumper and or sketch ideas. Mm-hmm. So it, we kind of needed people who did a lot of different things, and uh, I don't. People just ripping people apart in a really funny way was my number one criteria. Almost. Do you remember any of those from the samples? Um, yes, somebody sent in one where they couldn't stop talking about how Donald Trump eats KFC with a fork and knife. <laughs> with a with a silver fork like, and knife. Not, like there was a picture with their of hands. him not eating it with plasticware, which and it was 
talking about Donald Trump so horribly in a really different way that was just the way he eats and not the person he is. And that was like, all right, that seems like that's what we would do. There was another person who, and this was so sort of, I'd never heard it put this way, but talk infusing politics and pop culture, just saying like, why don't Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese put lead females in any of their movies because they have the power to, and it's worked when they have. And the they've color won purple, Oscars for yeah, yeah. And Alice doesn't live here anymore. Those both worked. And so why don't they do it anymore? And that was just a really surprising thing of like, yeah, those are two very influential people who have who all are also political and mm-hmm. who are very powerful and who could do something, who could sort of, you know, move the train along a little further. I think it was mostly stuff that we hadn't thought about before that was that was surprising and new information and just a new way to approach stuff because um, we definitely don't want to have an echo chamber on the show of people sure. regurgitating back stuff that we maybe have already done or what they think we want we want mm-hmm. people who are mm-hmm. just like I this is how I feel and then it fits in the show. Yeah. And also, I think the warning signs for stuff that we were like, ah, we don't really love that is when is when people would go after people's looks, because I think that mm. people think that's the kind of thing we do. But I don't think we really do that. I don't think so. Um, and so it was that calling people ugly or fat or that kind of thing. Like, I, I don't know. Just it's so rare that that makes me laugh. So that anything was, that was too mean, we yeah. it instantly was was sure. not not in. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting thing. You because you have the podcast existing for potential writers to look at. So there really is a voice in existence, right? right? And they they have to kind of figure out where that line is for mm-hmm. you guys. Mm-hmm. One person I remember, this was strange, just wrote in um, about a social issue. It was about why some football team didn't win. I mean, it was so off base. Like, it was so shy. <laughs> oh, it was, was it about, the- like, the Philadelphia Eagles or something. It was so... And it wasn't even about the Redskins controversy. Like, it wasn't anything we would normally discuss. And it was... Right. I, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. <laughs> Yeah. Didn't get the job. No, he didn't. <laughs> but he there's runs another the show. show. He's not <laughs> the writer. He is the showrunner. No. No one knew that was a prize to be had. <laughs> exactly. Um, so how, what does is, what is the day-to-day look like? You're recording, uh, you're shooting weekly, right? Yeah, so weekly our first show. studio day is tomorrow, actually. Well, oh, that's great. whatever, Thursday. Um, it's exciting. It is very exciting. And uh, we... Our weeks are basically like Monday we do the podcast and then start prepping for the show on Friday, the live show on Friday. Mm-hmm. And so, so some of the stuff, a lot of the stuff we pre-taped, a lot of the sketches we pre-taped because right. they're more um, sort of topical evergreen issues uh, like religious freedom laws. Or, or like the, you know, people having problems with yoga pants. That sort of, like well, sure. with what women wear, police yeah. mm-hmm. Like that stuff will always be there. And then... The act one stuff that is the most topical, that's sort of the jam of the week of, like, building that act out. Because a lot of the other stuff is already written and even some of it tapes. And and that's happening during the week. Yes. Um, So then the topical stuff, how do you start to prep for it? What is tomorrow going to look like? Yeah. um, Well, all week we've been sort of culling through stories. And what's interesting is I think the philosophy now is what the point of view is, not that you're first to break it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think... um, I think I think at first that was a concern for us of, will this be old news by then? Will this yeah, be sure. old news by then? And I think we're trying to pick things that won't be. Mm-hmm. In other words, um, and also planning things. We know that the week we air a few days later is the inauguration. Mm-hmm. So that's something we can easily talk about that will still, that won't feel stale at all. Um, th- and even th- things that are close to us, like there was an article about how uh, if young boys gesture, it can make them more creative. That they, they perform better on tests if they gesture more, which 
was like a dream come <laughs> true for me to hear because I was always, you know, you're, I was always stifled in that way of like, what are you doing with your hands? So um, I, it's going to be two minutes of me gesturing. Like, I can't wait for it. And that's a story that, not, you know, not sure. a lot of people are going to cover that. Yeah, but. yeah. Anyway, but people is, will be covering the Trump, uh, you know, inauguration. We're going to hit on it, but we're going to talk about all the other stuff going on that sure. in in the week and other stuff that you should care about. Well, and again, it's the stuff the same as the podcast. I would imagine the stuff that's specific to your interests and to you know the point of view of this show. Yeah, yep. Um, a lot of talk about Leah Remini. Hopefully, yeah. Her show. Are you guys watching that? Oh, are you watching it? It's. <laughs> yeah. All, all I can <laughs> it's a show that I've I watched and I'm like this is like a lifetime movie and then I just start crying yeah. I'm like it's like too saccharine and then it's like too hard hitting and it's too emotional she yeah. has an amazing power to make every horrible story about her <laughs> isn't it isn't it fascinating she is so but you know what it's the she's the first person to do it where I'm not mad at her no because it, she's so earnest about yes. it. so earnest and so matter of fact <laughs> like she says things like she's just like barely getting through it like eh, yeah this and I'm, when, I'm so shocked by it when, it seems like she's just have an ashtray right next to her while she's telling you these things that when Mike Re- Re- Mike uh, Renner Who's her the right oh, hand? Mike? Bob Bender. Well, I don't remember. I don't yeah. remember that name. Okay, when he was, when they were sitting on the couch <clears throat> listening to that woman talk about how her her sons don't speak to her anymore, and Mike's just sitting there for the longest time, so stoically, and then he just bursts into tears no. out of nowhere. I I can't even believe I watched it. <laughs> Yeah. It was it's so, it's so human. oh render yeah r i n d e r it's so emotional and so shocking and yet you're like I don't know if this is this I should be watching this mm-hmm. <laughs> is it trash TV I don't know I, it doesn't matter anymore yeah mm-hmm. we get to have both people versus OJ right was yeah the highest class trash or the trashiest high class TV it's, you're absolutely right 100% and it's, true. it's great it's the yeah. most watchable thing what else are you guys watching on television oh boy I wa- I suffered through the OA. <laughs> I keep hearing both ways about it. People have said, you have to watch this, and people have said, do not. But I finished it, but midway through, I was so bored. And no shade on Canadians, but I feel like it's a Canadian, because I feel like they have more patience for stuff. You know what I mean? They have more patience for story, and I just was like, fast forward uh, (laughs) syndrome. There's one thing I know about Canadians, it's their patience for story. (laughs) Look at them. How long did they suffer before they got a handsome man? Uh, Yeah. They're, they're very patient. patient. For the, yeah. They're very patient people. So you um, suffered through the. OA. I suffered through the OA, the interpretive dance, ten-hour uh, interpretive dance that is the OA. I've been on a real movie kick lately. I think just because of award season. So that's anything good. Uh, well, I really liked Arrival, and I know that people are so split on that movie. I thought it, you didn't like it. It's fine. Okay. I mean, it's good. I, they I, did a good job. Let me tell you, I thought I was going to walk in hating it because everyone I know hated it. And, I, really? and so I watched it and I thought, oh, wow, this is good. Um, I watched that. I thought it was great. I thought. Moonlight? Yeah, Moonlight is everything. And then I watched uh, La La Land, Hidden Figures, and um, Fences. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I'm at now. And Manchester by the Sea. And you like all these? I was fine on Manchester. Yeah. I was like, I. Uh, I don't need to see a story about all my uncles. Right. <laughs> I, I live it. I don't need it. Um, oh, and I saw Elle and Nocturnal Animals. I saw those too. That's a lot. Yeah. I had to turn Nocturnal Animals off because it scared me. That's great. It was so scary I couldn't finish it. But isn't it also boring? Did people say it was boring? I don't know. I, I loved know. it. I think they're all kind of boring. Like yeah. That's what an Oscar movie is. That's true. Right. They- <laughs> 
Can you sit through this? If so, it might win an exactly. award. Exactly. Yeah. Good okay. job. Yeah. Scorsese, too far. Too far. That's too boring. What am I watching? What did he, he just did? Him. What was his new movie? Silence. Silence. Did you see it? Neither of you know. saw Jackie. Oh, I saw it. Oh, what? Just not worth it. I don't know. Okay, I'll just say this really quickly. I don't, what I do, here's what I don't understand and what I cannot abide about Jackie. I don't understand how Faye Dunaway loses a career over Monomy Dearest and fucking Natalie Portman is getting an Oscar nomination, most likely, for Jackie, which was full of full kabuki performance. And is it just her it whimpering? It's insanity. Yeah. It's just the breathiest, weird, it is the weirdest, yeah. weirdest choices. And it's larger. It looks, it's like a, sort of like a drag performance a little bit. It's very, and that's, she's a brilliant actress. It's not a knock Absolutely. against her. It's just a strange. Who directed it? Well, I did. Oh, so I this is really your problem. I don't know. You should have caught that earlier. I don't know who directed it. My, I did not watch Jackie. Um, my father-in-law's review was terrific. He, is, he lives on Cape Cod, and his review was, it's September, you're sitting outside in Hyannis. I don't believe this. Yes. <laughs> That's wonderful. Did you That's like Manchester by the Sea? I didn't watch it yet. Oh, yeah. I will watch that one because yeah. I've heard reliable people have told me it's good. Yeah, it is. Um, and I want to see a movie about your uncles. Oh, yes. yeah, of course. And Michelle Williams. Right. Who's great? Who's She's great. Wow. Always. Blew me away in that. Um, These are good things. Anything else on television? This is how we end every I show. Watched, but I'm going to well, go but, back and but ask because, you something else. Because if we lost an icon, Carrie Fisher. Oh, did you watch the documentary? I watched the docu- her how documentary, documentary, Bright Lights, so good. Um, Soap Dish mm-hmm. and... Uh, Postcards from I forgot she was in Soap Dish. Oh. Yeah, her name's Betsy Faye Sharon. All first names, but a full name. All the names in that movie Fantastic. are brilliant. Yeah, they Dr. Are... Monica DeMonaco. Monica, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Um, God, what, am I, what am I watching on television? I, but I just finished Transparent. I'm so behind. I just finished Transparent. It's not going anywhere. They don't take it away. It's oh God. forever. Uh, I just finished Transparent. What else? I mean, that's where I'm at. I don't know. I watch. I watch some trashy stuff. So let's talk about it. All right. I watch Real Housewives of Atlanta. Sure, of course. Um, and I watch. Uh, I don't watch Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I stopped watching The Bachelor. <gasps> Wait, you're really drawing a line. I know. <laughs> I watch Orange County, New York, and Atlanta. Those are my three favorites. Why'd you stop watching Beverly Hills? It just isn't good. It's just too, it just isn't good. The other ones but are so. But I would make so, the argument they're all not the good. Other, n- that is not okay. Did you know you see what? How Maddie got no. This guy gets it. <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. Because first of all, it is so rare to find female characters that are that richly drawn anymore on television. I'm being serious. Richly drawn. Yes. They're just people. They're more than it's like full Tennessee <laughs> well, Williams on right, that. Show. Okay. Let's be honest. Sorry. They're not just people. It truly does feel just like being... Edward Albee's hands are all over these things. I'm not kidding. <laughs> are all over these characters. If you wrote, you could not write this dialogue. A B. I don't have a second point. But wait, what, so... <laughs> it's on, is the second point. They're on you're TV. You're saying that, that the Beverly Hills Housewives, because they're so rich... It's and different. They, like, they're, like, trying too hard or something? Yeah, it's like you don't actually... I don't know. It just isn't as fun for me. I don't know why. It doesn't feel too, like, puppeteered? Maybe. And also, you know what else? I feel like if... I don't know. If... if Guys can get so excited about, about something like sports, which to me is crazy and much more brutal than fighting with your words, then Sorry. I should be able to watch Real Housewives. I'm walking out of here. No, one, <laughs> no one's attacking you, Brian. No one's attacking you. You're defending wildly against no attack. All pretty I great. said was, <laughs> we're just trying to figure because out. you know. You asked me a question 10 minutes ago. <laughs> And I am at a 10 about it. <laughs> it's because you know what Everyone's just trying thinking. to figure out what the nuances are by, between exactly. the shows for you. That's it. You don't oh, have I to... also love Veep when it's on. I watched that. Sure. Oh, yeah. I, I almost finished Westworld and then just didn't, it didn't last for me. But So that's... that's oh, and I watched um, Charm Bracelet. Fleabag. Fleabag. <laughs> I watched Fleabag. Great. 
brew. <laughs> Brutal misinterpretation of that. I need to take a nap. Um, right after this. What were the? I'll let you guys go in a minute. Uh, what were the? Um, <laughs> No, no. I no, I can't way. think of a I'm higher compliment me. than I need to take a nap after this. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. Uh, what was the comedy stuff you guys loved growing up? What are the... Oh. Sandra Bernhard for me. Um, really? 100%. Uh, I remember watching her on David Letterman, and mm-hmm. I couldn't get over it. Um, in fact, I think it was from her that I first heard the term throwing shade, and then oh. found it later in Paris is Burning, the, the documentary, mm-hmm. which is where they really explained it, and that, I guess, was in college. But for me, it was always her. She. What was it about her? She's actually. She called him Mrs. Letterman. Didn't she call him Mrs. Letterman? She calls him Miss Letterman. Yeah, and it's so. She's talking about disarming. Um, And I think it was that she and she said this herself. She is um, never self-deprecated in her comedy, which I think is very Mm. difficult, especially a female comic rising in the eighties. That was the name of the game, and she's never done it, and she doesn't. Like, like I said, when she, when, when she would say these things and drop these references about Della Reese or whomever else on the David Letterman show, I didn't get the references. Mm-hmm. She didn't care. Hmm. And I, I, I always thought that was so cool. Yeah. Um, so I, it's always been her for me, just the fearlessness, I think. She was um, so fully formed, too. Yeah. By the time, like, when we saw her on Letterman, she knew who she was. Totally. She knew what her act was. And that's incredible. And to me, she's always, <clears throat> I think it's always the, the reason why I've always, like, admired, and I think she does, too, Courtney Love, is that same thing of, like, that thing is inside me, and I've never been able to release it, I think, the way they have. And so I admire it. That's funny. I, I really, I feel, like, bummed out that I didn't get to experience her when I was a kid, because I think I would have had that reaction. My, fa- I watched Judy Tenuta, which also great, but like, yeah. Judy Gold also great, but you know that edge is something that I just feel like, besides Roseanne mm-hmm. Which she was on Which she was on, yeah, I mean there just wasn't a lot of that but um, I was very into science and my favorite movie and probably will be till i die is ghostbusters one and two i i the comedy and the jokes in those movies are so quick and they sometimes they just like they just drop them and move on Mm -hmm. and i just i that really inspired me it's the kind of jokes i like and i think the same in soap dish like they're playing very big characters but a lot of the jokes are just you you gotta catch you've Mm -hmm. gotta keep up or you're gonna miss out so anything that falls in that category um in and nine hundred two and zero, the sure. best comedy of the nineties. That's assumed by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's an influence for all of us. <laughs> Definitely, Dylan McKay is one of the funniest <laughs> comedians you've ever seen in your life. One hundred percent. So, so when you guys set out to make TV, and and now you've gotten a few chances at it, and and I'm sure you guys have had other opportunities as actors and creators. Um, are there stories outside of Throwing Shade that you want to tell? Is there more you want to do? Oh, like writing, um, yeah. like writing movies or TV. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think I, this probably everyone feels this way, but I think certainly I come from um, <clears throat> a really strange and layered and incredible family of women, and um, I've always wanted to do a road trip movie about my mother and her two sisters or adapt three sisters about them, mm. which is <laughs> either way. My phone's ringing now. Everyone wants it. And, uh, and I also am totally fascinated uh, by television and the creators now and specifically how they do draw women. I think that's part of my fascination with Bravo is I would love to see just a fake story about how, how did that happen hmm. and like how, why that road? Yeah, that interests me. that's interesting. Um, I am really fascinated with 
fertility and the way we talk about it in society and the accept what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. So I think it would be fun to see someone just struggling through that in a dark comedic way that's mm-hmm. not like played for tragedy because I think it often is like you poor thing you know right. oh we spent all this money all this stuff so there I, I do think that there's a way to do that in a um, lighter slash serious way sure and I think also what I would really hope that's I'm saying that as someone who never wants to have children <laughs> ever <clears throat> I am also tired of this thing that I think people have fought for and I think they shouldn't have is this thing of like, well, this character just happens to be gay. I don't like that. I, what I, does that mean? Well, I think it means like um, in all ways he would seem like a straight person, but he happens to be gay. Like, I, I don't know. I all, all of a sudden feel very protective over that and, mm-hmm. in terms of like, no, this character – Let's make him gay. Let's, and I don't mean, and by that, I also don't mean effeminate. I just mm-hmm. mean like let's let's actually explore the truth of that life. Do you think any shows have done that well? Yeah, I think I think some have. I don't think that really any films have. That's something that still always ends in tragedy, especially if you're a lead character, like the obvious example of Brokeback Mountain, that kind of thing. Like it would mm. be fun, fun to be done with that. I do think that television is so much, and I don't think this has been historically true, but just so much further along as far as telling stories from the point of view in a more progressive way Mm -hmm. from the point of view of a person you haven't heard from before yeah yeah i think we've certainly made strides in the past few years and i think it's getting even better um and i think you guys are part of it so congrats i think it's uh you're bringing a new voice and certainly a uh like i said a really fun and approachable voice to tv when is the show on Tuesday. Every Tuesday on TV Land at ten thirty, starting January seventeenth, which might be tonight. It might be. <laughs> might have been last. We night. have no way to know. Yeah. You have the calendar. <laughs> you hold the power. Uh, that's awesome. Congrats, you guys. Thanks for Thanks. being here. Thank Thanks you for. so much. Now leaving Nerdist.com. dot <laughs> com.